Today on Locked On Dolphins, an exploration into a handful of prospects that I would consider trading up for in the right situation for the Miami Dolphins in the 2023 NFL Draft. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, February 17th, 2023. And today on the show, we are taking a look at a handful of prospects that in the right situation, I would probably strongly consider trading up for from the Dolphins' first overall pick with the 51st scheduled pick of the 2023 NFL Draft. If you're unfamiliar with Locked On Dolphins, welcome to the show. We are your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, one of the co-founders of thedraftnetwork.com, and very much in my bag today because the draft is one of my things. I, I really love the draft. I love the team building. I love the strategy. And uh, we're going to be using one of the tools that we have over the draft network that we've been refining uh, to have and host this conversation for us here today on the show. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So we over at Draft Network have the mock draft machine that we rebuilt this past season. Uh, it's currently in beta testing. It's getting ready to launch here live in the near future for the public uh, right now, our premium subscribers are getting a chance to be hands-on with that and get the premium testing and, and get a feel for uh, the product, how it works, so on and so forth. But the way that it works is you can choose any one through 32 teams in the NFL to serve as the general manager of, and it puts you in their shoes, and the computer picks the other teams, and you see who's available on the, when you're on the board, and you can make trades and move up and down the board. And thought this would be a good opportunity. I, I have a one-round simulation up. Uh, here for the Dolphins. And of course, the Dolphins don't have a first round pick. So the objective here is to identify a handful of prospects who, in my mind, would be worth the Dolphins aggressively pursuing with the understanding that it's probably going to cost you a pretty penny in the sense of additional draft capital uh, and potentially 2024 draft capital to go up and get a guy, a singular guy to define your draft class. Right now, the Dolphins have three picks on day two. They could turn that into a first-round pick if they wanted to. They could come up 20 spots. They could do it. But who are the candidates in which that discussion would be worth having and doing that for? That's the interesting thing, and that's what we're, we're aiming here to do on Locked on Dolphins. So I think one of the first things that we have to decide and identify here with this thought exercise is who are some possible trade partners that are realistic to get you into the strike zone. So let's just say the Dolphins wanted to get the last pick of the first round, that hypothetical, oh, you get the uh, uh, the fifth-year option that's so important. Well, you'd have to trade with the Kansas City Chiefs because, of course, they won the Super Bowl this year. So one of the tools that the Draft Network uh, trade function has is it has custom trade values in accordance with historical trades across the NFL. So 
picks one through 261 is I think the number of draft picks that are scheduled or, or are slated to be scheduled when you add in compensatory picks in this year's NFL draft. 262 or 261 because uh, the Dolphins forfeited the pick. Uh, they all have numerical values and future picks have numerical values as well. And, and these are tested against trades that have actually happened in the history of the NFL. So from Miami's perspective, um, we have to define how high can you go. Now, the good news is end of first round picks are much easier to acquire than beginning of first round picks. So if the conversation was trying to get into the top 15 picks, I don't think that's in, on the table for the Dolphins. Any reality that we have ever experienced in the NFL before. But coming from 51 to 31 is certainly a reasonable ask. And that is where we find ourselves now. So with that in mind, if the Dolphins wanted to move up, you could theoretically get this done using the trade tool that the mock draft simulator has. It would likely cost you 52, one of your threes, and then a day three selection. So Miami could go 52, 85, and a 2024 five, as an example, to get up to that 31st pick in this year's NFL draft. So that is something of interest uh, for the sense that it kind of puts players on the table for Miami that aren't necessarily in the stratosphere right now. Keep that in mind because as we go through players at positions, mo most notably positions of need, that's the target. Now, if you wanted to trade up further, you could probably, and I'll use the trade tool here and I'll identify the Baltimore Ravens who are currently scheduled to pick like 23rd. So that's almost another 10 spots. The three and the future five does not get it done. You would need probably a future day two selection as well, or both of the threes. So you could take 52, 78, and 85, or I guess technically 51, 77, and 84, and a day three pick in 2024 to move up to 23. I don't think that's feasible. It would have to be one hell of a player that's on the board for you. And I certainly don't think the Dolphins are going to be surrendering their first round draft selection in 2024 in a trade up scenario in this draft class. It's just not realistic uh, for the quality of the class. Now, if the right player falls, never say never, but I, I don't think that's on the table. And I don't think giving up three top or three day two selections to move up to the early 20s uh, is necessarily something that we'll, we'll see as a feasible action item for this Dolphins team either. So that's an important strategy. Like you're, you're talking the last five picks or so of the first round would be the realistic possible range in my mind. And uh, the NFL draft is a wild and crazy and wacky thing, so you'll, you never know what is feasible and what's not. But that's kind of the, the parameters that I am defining as within the realms of, of moderate realistic possibilities for the Dolphins. So now we got to look at players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that I think would be worth paying that price for two of your three day, two selections and a day three pick from 2024. We'll go on each side of the ball. 
and we'll have a lot of fun doing it. But before we do, we're excited to talk to you about one of our new sponsors and partners here on Locked On. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for chances at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Offensive side of the ball. Running back is a position of need for the Dolphins. There is one player, uh, and for my money, this might be the best overall player in this year's NFL draft. If Bijan Robinson falls to the final five picks of the first round, I'm sending it. Uh, this is a special, special cat. And, and I understand there is a whole conversation about spending draft capital, premier draft capital on running backs, and the Dolphins haven't done it. And I get that. I don't know that it's necessarily a realistic uh, wish list item. It's not something that's going to be on my blueprint for what the Dolphins do this offseason. But you watch Bijan Robinson, and he's explosive like Jamal Charles. But he's also simultaneously a violent runner in the same way that Ricky Williams was at times. And that's the blend of skill sets that Bijan Robinson gives you in one player. He is a very rare talent. I got a chance to meet him uh, this past summer out in Santa Monica at Steve Clarkson's QB retreat. He was out there, uh, spent some time with him, did an interview with him, watched the tape, asked him about his game, his development as a player, the Texas Longhorns. And I mentioned Jamal Charles and Ricky Williams because those are both Texas running backs. Um, and he talked about the impression that those guys and the family of running backs that have come through the University of Texas uh, have left for him to add his legacy to. Very impressive human being, very impressive talent, an elite football player. If he falls because of positional value, uh, I promise you, you, you might walk out of drafting B. John Robinson and get the best player overall in the draft, positional value notwithstanding. And that would be the reason why a player like a B. John Robinson would be available in that picks stretch of Dallas at 26, Cincinnati at 27, the Saints at 20, or, or the, the Bills at 27, the Saints at 28, the Bengals at 29, the Eagles at 30, the Chiefs at 31. That stretch of picks, if he's there, it's because of positional value because teams like Baltimore and the Chargers and the Lions and potentially the Giants and the Cowboys all passed on him. If he's there, I would trade up for him. I would. And I, I don't think you, you would feel as anybody in this draft class got a better player than you did. Uh, the tight end position is the next popular position to talk about the Dolphins having an area of need. I don't know that there's a, a player, an individual player in this group that I would assertively trade up for because it is a deep class at least at running back it's a deep class as well but you have an elite blue chip talent that might be there because of positional value no i think the tight ends you have a pretty reasonable chance of getting into these back five six picks of the first round and all of them being there for you as well but that is a testament to positional value but also the the, the depth of the group you, you're really going to be hard pressed to have teams 
really feeling an urgency to draft a guy in the first 20 picks, especially with how tight ends historically take a year or two of NFL play before they, they catch their stride and they really hit the ground running. So, I mean, the, right now our predictive board has five tight ends in the top 50. Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, and Tucker Craft. Mayer's from Notre Dame, Musgrave's from Oregon State, Darnell Washington's from Georgia, Dalton Kincaid's from Utah, and Tucker Craft is from South Dakota State. If none of them go for the first time until the final six picks in the first round, you mean to tell me one of these guys wouldn't be here at 51 if that's the plan to draft a tight end with the first pick? And all of them are, are valuable players, and I think all of them bring an improvement in some elements of the tight end room, and they're all more feasible two-way players as blockers and receivers than anything the Dolphins had on the roster last year, except for maybe Hunter Long, who's struggling to, to put everything together and play with the proper urgency. So I don't think there's a tight end I would trade up for. I would love to land Luke Musgrave. I would absolutely love it. I love to land Michael Mayer. I love to land Darnell Washington. But the fact that I have multiple players at the position I would love to land, uh, and there's no elite prospect, and there's a lot of what you would feel would be plug-in players, I think that makes a strong argument against the Dolphins potentially trading up for a tight end. Now, if you look at offensive tackle, there's going to be a handful of players that I would expect to be gone within the first 25 picks. As you look at the landscape of the first round and you have Chicago in a trade-back scenario, could be an offensive line spot. Arizona three in a trade-back scenario for a quarterback could be an offensive line spot. If the Raiders sign a free agent quarterback, they could be an offensive line spot. The Atlanta Falcons, if they lose Kayla McGarry in free agency at right tackle, could be an offensive line spot. The Titans are definitely at 11 like they'd be my betting favorite to be the first offensive lineman off the board would be at 11 to Tennessee. Uh, the Jets had Mackay Becton that, that flopped on him. George Fan is an expiring contract. Uh, they are a very strong offensive tackle candidate. The New England Patriots have both offensive tackles expiring contracts. They're a strong offensive tackle candidate. The Packers have desperate needs on the interior of the, that offensive line. Uh, Pittsburgh at 17 feels like a home run for an offensive line position right now, unless there's a corner that they absolutely love. Uh, Seattle could be an interior offensive line spot for a, a center like John Michael Schmitz. Uh, the Chargers, uh, Trey Pipkins is an expiring contract at right tackle, wouldn't dismiss offensive line for them. Like there's a lot of candidates. So I think you could probably safely pencil in the top five, four or five offensive linemen in general and say they're not going to be there for you. So like Paris Johnson, Ohio State, Peter Skronsky, Northwestern, Broderick Jones, Georgia, Dewan Jones, Ohio State, John Michael Schmitz on the inside, on the interior. Cross them out. They're probably untouchable for you. That's just the numbers game with, with how the, the forecast of this draft lays out and, and who you would expect to be there. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to live with that because I, I look at the interior offensive line and I see players like Joe Tipman from Wisconsin and Cody Mauch from North Dakota State. I think they're viable options. I, I continue to look down the board at offensive tackle. And there's two that I think could be a right tackle. They both played left tackle in college, but they both went to the senior bowl and had success playing on the right side of the offensive line in that environment. Uh, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse and Jalen Duncan from University of Maryland. So this one would be a matter of not signing somebody in free agency and having enough of a run 
in the actual draft to get to a point where you feel it is necessary in the same way. And I'm going to make a parallel and just please know I'm not talking about the caliber of the player. I'm not talking about the outcome of the maneuver, but if you find yourself in a similar scenario to where the dolphins felt prompted to trade up for Liam Eikenberg, understand that they felt prompted to trade up for Liam Eikenberg because there was a run on offensive lineman that was happening. And the dolphins drafted Jalen Waddle at six. They drafted Jalen Phillips at 18. And then they drafted Javon Holland at 35, or whatever, 35, 36, whatever it was. They were right to pick all of those players because the players who went um, in front of Miami's scheduled pick at around 50 before they traded up to go get Liam Eikenberg, they got the better players. They drafted the right players. They didn't draft for need. But if the Dolphins are going to draft for need, they would be wise to get in on the front end of a run as compared to reacting and getting the last player in a bucket because that's opening yourself up more. If you're going to pay the price to go trade for a guy, go get a guy who is definitively not the bottom of your tier that you feel are starting caliber players, which is what it feels like what happened with uh, Liam Eikenberg. But if you're sitting here and just this simulation that I have up right now, I'll go through 24 and we'll stop. And we'll talk about the run on offensive lineman that happened in this specific simulation. Okay. Uh, Paris Johnson went 11 to the Tennessee Titans. Peter Skaronsky, 13 uh, to the New York Jets. Broderick Jones, 14 to the New England Patriots. Dewan Jones uh, at 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't have an interior offensive lineman off the board. But you do have Jacksonville as another offensive tackle in the team. Jawan um, Taylor's an expiring contract. The Giants' interior offensive line is a disaster. The Cowboys uh, could probably use another interior offensive line. And I know they just drafted Tyler Smith in the first round last year. And then looking down the pipeline, uh, you have Buffalo at 30 as an interior offensive line spot, or, or they're at 20, 27. Is where they're at. And they're another possible interior offensive line spot. So I'm just sitting here doing the math. I don't know that you're going to get a, a great trade candidate. The Dolphins have had some success doing business with the New Orleans Saints uh, in the past. They're currently scheduled to pick courtesy of the Denver Broncos, courtesy of the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and that's currently scheduled as pick 28. Uh, after the, the forfeited pick at 21. Uh, but you have four offensive tackles that are off the board. So you're you're looking at Anton Harrison, Matthew Bergeron, D Jalen Dunkel are the three next best tackles that are out there. And then you would have John Michael Schmitz at center. And the Dolphins wouldn't be drafting John Michael Schmitz to play center. And I, <laughs> Tackle's probably the spot that you would be most likely to facilitate a move if you don't find a starting caliber offensive lineman in free agency. And that's just how I perceive it. You know, I, I think the tight end depth speaks for itself. I don't think the Dolphins are going to prioritize the running back position to invest numerous top 100 selections to go up and get a B. John Robinson, even if he does fall to the final four picks or final five picks of the, the first round. Offensive tackle, you can see the writing on the wall here because you have Anton Harrison, Jalen Duncan, and Matthew Bergeron off the board. And once you get past that, you, you, you're not getting a start. Not in day one. And not a quality one. So tackle 
depending on what happens in free agency, might be the one that puts you in the box. And I would certainly hope the Dolphins would consider that as compared to just, well, we used the first uh, top 20 pick on Austin Jackson. He's going to figure it out and not, not get hurt this year. I don't think that's a recipe for success. And, and the Dolphins are, are more than welcome to disagree with me and do it that way and, and choose to do that. But it would not be what I would do. And I'm sure everybody who watches this show would probably be inclined to agree with me as well. But that's the fun part about being a GM. And if you've ever dreamed about being a GM of your own, boy, oh boy, do we have good news for you. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. I've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and we had a ton of fun competing against each other to be the best GM that we could be in the Locked on Network. Uh, it's your turn to compete now. Uh, but more on that later. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, this is the game for you. You manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through multiple seasons, lead your team to glory, build a dynasty, hire the right coaches and coordinators, trade players, navigate free agency, navigate the draft, all the ups and downs of a season, discipline the players for all field conduct. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have created the Locked On League for you to compete against other Locked On fans from all over the world. Can you be the ultimate Locked On football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app to join and create your own football dynasty. Locked On Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store that is Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores that is ultimate-gm.com. Start your dynasty today. Defensive side of the ball. Now, I think this is where things can actually move and shake for the Dolphins a little bit. I think they're probably painted in a corner at offensive tackle. Uh, they, they probably have to overpay. Uh, I would guess you probably, to get a deal done, to get up early enough to, to get a starting talent caliber tackle, barring teams going in different directions uh, and players sliding down the board, you're probably talking this year's two, next year's two, and one of your two threes this year would be my guess is what it would actually physically, tangibly take based on the demand and how far back in the second round the Dolphins are. So that kind of sticks. Defensively, I think there's some stuff that could happen, though. I have the same simulation up. And players that are fits for the Dolphins, I mean, if you start up front, I don't think I can't envision we're going to use a premium asset on a pass rusher. I can't envision we're going to use a premium asset on an interior defensive lineman with the class being what it is and how deep the Dolphins are defensive tackle with their their top three guys. Linebackers kind of a no man's land this year in general. I could see the Dolphins living in a world where they come on the clock at 51 and they have all of the linebackers available to them. The perceived top linebackers. Drew Sanders from Arkansas was a former stand-up rush linebacker, or transferred from Alabama to Arkansas, transitioned to stack linebacker, really good passing down skill set, kind of a hybrid type player. Don't think he fits in the Vic Fangio defense. Uh, Trenton Simpson is another multi-tool weapon type player, kind of a hybrid. Uh, he'd probably best fit in the way that the Dolphins in the last couple of years have used Jerome Baker as a, uh, attack linebacker type who at times walks up on the line of scrimmage. He did that at Clemson quite a bit under uh, the previous defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think that's an attractive fit for Miami either. And you have guys like Jack Campbell and Noah Sewell as more traditional 
uh, stack linebackers, but these are definitively second round prospects. So I think you could cross the entire front seven uh, out of the equation for the Dolphins as trade up candidates. There's nobody that I would be entertaining trading up for. And this outside pass rush group is pretty good in general. Which brings you to the secondary. Here's what I can tell you about the secondary in this year's NFL draft based off of what we know right now. It's freaking loaded. <laughs> so um, I think there's a handful of guys that are locks to be first round pick. I would include Christian Gonzalez of University of Oregon in that group. Devin Witherspoon of Illinois in that group. Beyond that, though, it gets pretty interesting as far as candidates that could be first round picks, but they might be scheme specific guys. Uh Clark Phillips from Utah is a little bit undersized. Cam Smith from South Carolina is in the most dynamic guy. Keely Ringo from Georgia is a big-time height, weight, speed type guy. Probably going to thrive best in either press man or in cover three. I don't necessarily think he's a fit for the Dolphins' defense. Um, and he certainly doesn't have the instincts of a guy like Xavier Howard in zone coverage. And that's what you'd like to have on both sides if you're going to be playing quarter, quarter, half, and, and cover three and – um, a lot of zone and, and then mix, mixing and matching man in, into that intermittently. I just don't think Ringo really fits the bill for Miami. Uh, you get to day two prospect types. You've got like Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, uh, big time ball skills guy. He's got probably the best ball skills resume in the class as far as generating turnovers and explosive plays. Uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State, uh, I think is really combative. I think he's fluid enough to play in those often zone situations despite being a bigger and longer guy. But those are first-round consideration guys, which brings you to safety. Safety is the spot, and there's a couple of players that I think if the board falls the right way, and then, you know, it's more often than not, you don't see safeties going in the first round, and there's been really good players like Antoine Winfield Jr. and Javon Holland have not gone in the first round of NFL drafts because they played the safety position. So this kind of falls back in line with what happened at running back. Oh, you could get a blue chip player for my money. Brian Branch is a top 10 player in this class from Alabama. Some Dolphins fans may hear that, roll the eyes. Oh boy, another Alabama safety. Here we go. Um, Branch is, is special in my mind. Uh, what versatility he brings to the table uh, you would be largely interchangeable on the back end as far as who is in the box, who is in the slot, who is on the second level across all three players with Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and Brian Branch, if you could secure Brian Branch. I don't think there's a safety destination outside of maybe Tampa Bay at 19 that's a legitimate threat to take a safety. Then you get the Chargers. They get Derwin James. They might have a chance to bring back Nasir Adderley, who we've already pegged to be, as being a candidate to come to Miami. Uh, the Ravens have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams at safety. Uh, the Vikings have Harrison Smith at safety. They just drafted Lewis Seen in the first round of last year's NFL draft. You have the Jaguars. They're paying Rayshon Jenkins a significant amount of money. They might, but they feel like they either need a tight end or an offensive tackle or potentially another pass rusher. Um, to help complement what, what nucleus that they have and what they're building on. Uh, the Giants desperately need offensive line help. Like There's a world where Cincinnati might be on the clock with 29 
and all of the safeties be on the board. Just because of the other premier positions of need. And Branch is, for my money, the best tackling player in this class, bar none, any position. His perimeter play, you th- we, we talked yesterday about the mechanics of how the Vic Fangio system works and how it's supposed to work and how their run defense works and how their safeties are the stars and the catalysts of big plays defensively because they play from depth, they remove your explosive plays, they change the picture on you in the post-snap, and they let their safety serve as instinctive players that attack and play forward, be that against the pass or the run. And I'm watching Brian Branch beat crack blocks across the face or beating screen throws, perimeter throws to the screens uh, in the flats and blowing up plays and making tackles. I'm watching him fill the D-gap. I'm watching him play zones underneath. He's got a passing down skill set to play zone coverage. He's intermediate, intermittently played man coverage, and he's a pressure player. And you think about how these safeties and the interchangeability that could exist there, that would be the guy for me. If I had to rank him in order of probability, I would probably say offensive tackle is your most probable spot to do a trade up for. Uh, Safety might be the next most likely with a Brian Branch on the board with the perceived fit that I think that he has. They may choose not to invest there. They may feel the corner is more valuable, but what happens if they smooth things over with Byron Jones or they don't want to go in a different direction? What happens if they like Cater Kohu and they get Nick Needham back under contract? What happens if they, they sign somebody in free agency? I think there's enough outcomes there that, that that could be a feasible outcome. The Dolphins are going to need a third safety to be an impactful player for them. Beyond that, it, it's, it's low-value positions, and even, quite frankly, safety goes in that bucket. But those would be the names that I would invoke. Bijan Robinson I'd move up for. Uh, potentially Jalen Duncan, Matthew Bergeron. If you get one of the other tackles that is available, um, Skaronsky is probably the best fit for the Dolphins. Paris Johnson's probably the best overall prospect, but he's going to be long gone by the Dolphins come on the clock. So I would put Matthew Bergeron and Peter Skaronsky as offensive tackle candidates. Uh, I would put Michael Mayer slash Luke Musgrave slash Darnell Washington. If you do get crazy with tight ends, and we've had like 10 tight ends drafted in the first round of the last nine drafts. Uh, But you could feasibly, if the Packers at 15 go with Luke Musgrave, and then what if Seattle, who ran 12 personnel at a higher incidence in the NFL than any other team uh, last season? What happens if they want an upgrade as a starter? And then what happens if the Chargers or uh, the Ravens, uh, Ravens or the Jaguars with Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson made a killing with two tight ends. Like if you start to see the tight ends and you look up and you're like, oh, three tight ends are off the board the first 25 picks. Go get one of those other guys. I would love for, for Mayer or Musgrave to be the target. I'd include Darnell Washington. Bijan Robinson, a running back. Skaronsky, Bergeron, an offensive tackle. I'd include Jalen Duncan there. He'd probably be my third choice. Uh, and then defensively, it's, it's Brian Branch, potentially one of the top corners if the top corners slip a little bit. I would expect that uh, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are your top ones. I'd expect that Joey Porter Jr. is – Uh, who is a player that I kind of glossed over, but he's another one who very much is going to be in play. 
I think Porter has the skill set to, to be able to play in this defense as well. Those are the kinds of names that I would at least consider for the cost and the, the, that it would invoke for the Dolphins to do this. I'd say it's very unlikely any of them happen. But if you want to have the conversation, those would be the names that I would look at. We're going to have lots more conversations pertaining to the Dolphins here in the days and weeks ahead. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Hit subscribe to the channel. Follow along all offseason along your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great Friday. Make it a great weekend. Talk with you all again on Monday. Fins up.